Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. One of the biggest is the way multifamily is valued, and that's based off of the net operating income. So to the extent that you can increase the NOI, you exponentially increase the value of a multifamily property versus if it's a single family home, the value is primarily based off of what comparable single family homes are selling for in the areas. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed, and I'm here with Zach Winner. Zach is joining us from Los Angeles, California. He is a commercial real estate investment advisor and asset manager. He focuses on value-add multifamily currently with around 300 units of multifamily and also 75,000 square feet of industrial flex office space, primarily in the Midwest. Zach, can you tell us a little more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Hi, Slocum. Yeah, thank you for having me to start with. And I'd be happy to. So my background is I'm an attorney by training. But at this point, I have the luxury of devoting all of my time full-time to real estate investing. So I invest primarily in multifamily value-add properties, and we bring in passive investors to invest alongside us. So we syndicate our investments and create opportunities for others to invest with us with the goal of providing ongoing cash flow to our investors and helping them to create long-term wealth. So the typical property that we're looking for is one where we can come in and have existing cash flow, but where we can implement various value-add strategies to increase the ongoing net operating income and the ongoing cash flow that our investors receive. And that also exponentially increases the sale price so that when we eventually sell the properties, our investors are also getting a very strong profit on sale. That makes sense. A lot of our listeners are familiar with the value add multifamily business plan. You were saying before we started the interview that you're primarily focused on Kansas City and St. Louis. Yeah, we like the Midwest. We look at over 20 different metrics when we're looking at markets and deciding which markets 
are strong. So things that we look at are, for example, a net migration into the city, population growth, job growth. We like areas that have uh, STEM-related jobs, science, technology, engineering, etc. So we look for areas that have a lower cost of living than the national average and that are very business-friendly and landlord-friendly. So with respect to Kansas City, that definitely meets all of these metrics. It's a very strong market for us. And it also provides us the opportunity to get in at a price point where we can meet our investor projected return. So Kansas City, Columbus, Ohio, Indianapolis, those are a few examples of markets that we like and that we target. Tell us more about why it is that you're interested in these Midwestern markets. You said below the national average cost of living, I believe, and looking for growth in employment in the STEM fields. Why is it that those are the metrics that are delivering the returns you're looking for? We look at different metrics that help facilitate strong multifamily markets. So if you think about it, what's going to help facilitate a strong market from a a landlord of multifamily standpoint? Certainly population growth, net migration growth is going to help maintain higher occupancy, is going to help maintain pushing rents as more people come in that demand is going to maintain a certain level of occupancy. We're looking for job growth. And we like STEM-related jobs because those tend to be more higher income-paying jobs. So the tenants can afford to pay a little more in rent. So our basic philosophy is we're coming in to an apartment complex where the rents may be below market in their current state, but also where the complex and the units haven't been upgraded in a while. So we want to come in and make those upgrades so that we can then increase the rents. So we're looking for markets where renters can afford to pay a little more for the rents than that apartment complex is currently charging. So all of those factors support our basic value-add strategy for multifamily. Zach, I'm an apartment operator in Cincinnati, Ohio. Not one of the markets you just named for the record. I will point that out. But I would like to make an argument against us, you, me, and our fellow Midwest investors. And I'd like to hear your response. Sure. The value add business plan requires that we be projecting three, five, seven years into the future, we have a defined hold period. We have an exit that we are underwriting towards around five years from now. And the number one economic driver in all industries, all markets is supply and demand. The Midwestern markets are not growing as quickly as markets in other parts of the country where supply of apartments has not been able to keep pace with demand. Therefore, there is greater growth in other parts of the country, the Southeast, the Southwest, the Sun Belt, and people should be looking to do their value-add apartment investing there instead of the Midwest, simply because of the population growth that will occur in the next five or so years between acquisition and disposition. Here I am a Midwesterner and a Midwest apartment investor saying all of this. I want to hear your response to all of that, Zach. Yeah, that's a very good point. But from our standpoint, we like the Southeast. One of the reasons we haven't gone into the Southeast is because of the price point. The cap rate's more compressed in the Southeast versus the Midwest. 
But yet, long-term demographic trends, the smile states, the Southeast, are showing some population growth. But what we like to do, besides just looking at the specific broader market, is we drill down into the sub-market. So, for example, in our latest acquisition, we're in an area of Kansas City called the Northland sub-market, and there's very strong population growth, job growth going on there. So within the sub-market, it's extremely vibrant. So for example, we're near the Kansas City International Airport that just had a $1.5 billion expansion. Right next to that is a commercial industrial park. That's a $1.5 billion park. Right next to that is made of Facebook's new campus, which is an $800 million project. And also nearby is is the Ford F-150 assembly plant, with it, which is a huge driver for that local market. So I think it's important to drill down and look at specifics, even within a market that you may like. But that's an example of why we like the specific area where we're in in Kansas City. We're recording just a couple of weeks after the best ever conference that was in Salt Lake City just a couple of weeks ago in March. There was a lot of doom and gloom preached from the stage. And there were a lot of people whose presentations were centered around stay alive until 2025 or survive until 2025. Those are the same people who had been preaching bridge debt for the last few years. And Mm. it's funny, the majority of the multifamily investors that I stay in touch with are investors investing in the Midwest. And we're pretty boring. We've been going for long-term fixed rate debt this whole time. Our growth curve is linear, not exponential. It is a growth curve, but it's linear. And we've gotten to a point, or we may have gotten to a point in the market cycle, Zach, where boring is good because our linear growth isn't going anywhere right now. To that end, I can speak to Cincinnati. I want to ask you about KC and St. Louis. We have not seen demand for multifamily when it lists We haven't seen demand go anywhere. Everything is still selling. The smaller stuff has been flying off the shelf, regardless of interest rate for the past year. And the larger stuff, if it lists, it sells, and it sells at a price that makes the seller pretty happy, unless there are some underlying conditions with the property. What has Q1 2023 looked like in Kansas City and St. Louis when it comes to the apartment market? So we're in Kansas City for the apartment market. In St. Louis, we've got a couple of industrial flex office parks that are 100% occupied. And in St. Louis, that market, industrial flex office parks as a type of property is incredibly strong. But in Kansas City, the apartment market is very, very strong. There's not a lot of product. We haven't seen a lot of product in a while. And for the last I'd say six months, we've seen even less. So it's a very tight market. We're not seeing a lot of new product come to market. And you were previously talking about bridge debt, people that got into bridge debt. We don't like bridge debt. We like long-term fixed agency debt as well. But we, as well as other funds and investors, have dry powder 
waiting to see if there's going to be some fallout. We've seen a little bit of initial fallout from people that got into bridge debt or variable rate loans where either their rates have doubled or if they had a cap rate that they had to renew every year, they've seen that cap rate increase exponentially in price and that's creating some distress. So we're keeping a lookout to see if more of that type of distressed opportunity comes about. But right now, Kansas City continues to be one of the top markets from a multifamily standpoint. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCON.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. In 2021, some people were questioning me for getting a 15-year fixed rate mortgage on one of my apartment buildings at 4% because I could have gotten a 525 at 3.5% and they thought I was overpaying on my interest rate. I don't get those comments right now. Everything's um, relative. I mean, you're looking great right now with a nice 4% interest rate. Yeah. And the amount of debt pay down that you see on a 15 year fixed, especially at 4%, even in those first few years, it's phenomenal. That's fantastic. Given the conditions that we're finding ourselves in right now, Zach, let me ask, I know you have an emphasis on asset management, correct? Yes, we like to steer the ship and manage the assets, so we manage the managers. Absolutely. We're wrapping up Q1 of 2023 right now. We've experienced some economic volatility. All rents everywhere are not climbing up into the right anymore. How are your conversations with your property managers changing right now? As we proceed with our value-add strategies, which primarily entails not renewing certain leases and upgrading those units, we're very conscious of occupancy. And this is something we went through during COVID. At the height of the COVID lockdowns, we were in the middle of a value-add strategy where we were non-renewing leases and spending the time to upgrade the units rather aggressively. And when the lockdowns hit, that kind of hit us, and we saw a significant drop in our occupancy level. So we had to immediately shift our strategy to one in which we focused on occupancy, renewing leases as they came up for renewal, and de-emphasizing upgrading units until we got the occupancy back up to the level that we were comfortable with. So that's something we've gone through during COVID, and we're very conscious of occupancy right now as we go through unit turns. So we have a certain number per property of units that we look to turn each month to stay on track for, for example, turning all of the units and upgrading them all within two years. But if we need to dial that down to ensure that we're protecting cash flow, we're prepared to do that. I've caught myself 
holding back or delaying on my incremental rent increases right now because my rents are close to market and I just like being fully occupied or very close to fully occupied. Minimal volatility right now seems like a good way to go. This doesn't seem like the moment of the market cycle to be pushing the rents at the expense of increased vacancy. Yeah, I totally agree. We're in weekly Zoom calls and we review weekly reports with our property management team. So we really have a good finger on the pulse of how each property is doing, how much we're able to push rents while maintaining a very high occupancy level. And at this point, we haven't had to really ease off much just because we happen to have product in strong markets where our particular product workforce housing, there's not a lot of supply. So we haven't had to ease up too much yet, but we are really monitoring the situation closely. And if we have to trim back on rent increases, we will. Zach, as a remote asset manager for Midwest Multifamily, given your experience with the occupancy volatility of the COVID lockdown. Give us some advice on the questions we need to be asking our property managers to make sure that we're staying in front of any waves that could be coming with occupancy issues in the future. Sure, I'd be happy to. So in addition to just looking at the overall current occupancy, you want to see how it's trending. You want to look at which leases you have coming up for expiration, the number of leases, so what your trending occupancy is going to be. You want to look at how they're currently marketing the property, where they're marketing, and what the results of those marketing efforts are, how many applications they're getting, how many signups they're getting. How does that relate to what was going on two months, three months prior, a year ago at this time, because there's a seasonality issue. So you want to dive into some of the specifics when you're analyzing and trying to figure out which way occupancy is trending. That makes a lot of sense. Zach, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. What is the best ever book you recently read? A book that I loved was Walter Isaacson's biography of Benjamin Franklin. It's called Benjamin Franklin, but it's a really fascinating look at what I think is He's probably one of the most interesting founding fathers in our country. Just a very interesting guy. Ran away from home at 17, started his own printing business, became a media mogul. He was a scientist, an elder statesman, just a really, really interesting guy. So I found that just to be a great read. Benjamin Franklin and American Life by Walter Isaacson. Zach, what is your best ever way to give back? I'm a frequent donor to the Westside German Shepherd Rescue there in Los Angeles. And our dog who passed away last year was adopted from Westside German Shepherd Rescue. Zach, this far in your commercial real estate investing, what is the biggest mistake you've made and the best ever lesson that resulted from it? So the biggest mistake I made was when I first decided to shift away from buying single family homes and wanting to get into commercial real estate. I bought a small mobile home park in a remote town, and I was more focused on the cash flow on paper. And the lesson I learned was to gravitate towards higher-end properties. So this was maybe a C property, and it was very hands-on intensive work, and it required a lot of work to try to meet the cash flow that I had been projecting. 
And what I decided after that was it's better to focus on higher caliber properties. On that note, what is your best ever advice? One of the big shifts in my career was shifting from buying single family to buying multifamily. And there's just a whole lot of advantages to doing that. But one of the biggest is the way multifamily is valued. And that's based off of the net operating income. So to the extent that you can increase the NOI, you exponentially increase the value of a multifamily property versus if it's a single family home, the value is primarily based off of what comparable single family homes are selling for in the area. So it's a market driven appreciation versus with multifamily and our value add approach, it's a forced appreciation where we really can control the appreciation of that property. Last question, where can people get in touch with you? If people would like to get in touch with me, my website is prosperitycre.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Those links are in the show notes. Zach, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well for tuning in. If you've gained value from this episode, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend you know we can add value to through our conversation today. Thank you and have a best ever day. Thanks, Locum. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.